Ladies and gentlemen, myself and Pat Sherwood, authentically blown back by the conversation that we just had with a man a year younger than myself, but he's <laughs> officially titled Magistrate. He has done a lot in his, um, well, I'd say relatively short amount of years on this earth. He's been a national champion at the collegiate level in football. He has been both a criminal and civil litigator and now is an actual magistrate in the Montgomery County juvenile court system. And in addition to that, he's doing amazing things with physical fitness for the kids that he's actually working with professionally. Gerald Parker is what every single one of us should strive to be. Just the guy is a beast, intelligent, articulate, generous, caring. He gets it. He's a fired up, passionate CrossFitter. And he is, I hope most people genuinely want to leave the world a better place than they found it. But this guy is doing it day in and day out. And he's got a full plate, but he doesn't make excuses. And I love all the shows that we've done. But this one, man, this one hit me. It, uh, it made me just kind of take stock of what I have going on, and I realized I need to I need to up my own ante. No doubt, and you know some some people are just like uh, they're just like the greatest hits, mm-hmm. and and Gerald certainly came with. Uh, we we did t- we had a very relatively short warm up period, and he was just right into it. So we talk about the work that he's doing at Centerville CrossFit with uh, this troubled youth, for lack of a better description. Um, he's put them he's basically spearheaded a program with the gym and the communities come on board and that was one of my favorite parts of the conversation the degree to which not only are these kids being affected by the community but but likewise the the community really recognizing um how much they have and and uh god really how, how blessed all of us are so shining examples in all senses i could talk all day but i'd rather let gerald do the talking so ladies and gentlemen enjoy this conversation with magistrate Gerald Parker. Mr. Magistrate, I should say, Magistrate Gerald Parker, thank you for joining us. I, I mentioned it just a second ago, but I, you know, for the people's sake as well, uh, the last time that Pat and I appeared in front of a judge, we were, uh, you know, it was on official business. So, so forgive us if we're nervous. Yeah, I already did my background checks on both of you, so <laughs> I think I know a little bit more information than you want me to know. You probably have <laughs> access to the secret documents. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we, uh, you know, we identified you obviously a couple weeks ago. You were highlighted on CrossFit social media platforms via a, a news service. I, I, I want to basically let you tell the story of um, of kind of what's going on. But first, just let's talk about your profession, uh, you, because I'm, I'm I was telling Pat before we made <laughs> this, this call. This was great. I'm feeling I'm feeling a little bit inept because I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm I'm looking at this bio, and I'm looking at this picture, and I'm like, how on earth is this young man? accomplished what he's accomplished in, in, in this time frame. So please tell us what your job is a little bit. Absolutely. Well, I'll just start from the beginning. Obviously, I had to go to law school to, to yep. be where I am. So after uh, uh, graduating from law school, <clears throat> I was I wanted to be a prosecuting attorney. So I started off as a prosecutor for five years, uh, did a lot of things outside of the prosecutor's office as far as big brothers, big sisters, then went into private practice on the civil side. Just so you guys know, there's two types of law, real civil, uh, real simple, uh, criminal and civil. I wanted to get both sides. I got the criminal side as a prosecuting attorney, the person that, uh, as you all know, uh, uh, you see uh, putting individuals uh, in jail mm-hmm. or trying to prove cases beyond a reasonable doubt, beyond a reasonable doubt. And then uh, I was I went into private practice on the civil side. The civil side basically deals with the money and uh, lawsuits and workers' comp, personal injury, things like that. Having both sides of the aisle, I was uh, fortunate enough to be appointed 
as a magistrate judge in juvenile court. And as you said, I'm, I'm one of the younger ones. In fact, above me, the next age is probably 45, 50 years old. Wow. And you're how old? How old are you? I'm, I'm 35. Oh, my gosh. And you've been there for about a year, right? Yeah, I've been there. I'm coming up on two years now. Okay. Uh, so it's been it's been great because I I, I kind of relate more to these kids because I feel like I was just there like like not too long ago and you know our generation I believe because Pat you're like 35 I appreciate that 42 42 <laughs> I just turned 36 I turned 36 in November I got you so you know we kind of started this whole like social media like microwave society you know we don't have time to wait for anything we want things done yesterday type of generation so anyway uh, I was pointed to uh, a magistrate judge in juvenile court uh, where I oversee all delinquency matters these are uh, kids who commit crimes that would be uh, misdemeanors or felonies if they were adults uh, I also see the custody matters where there's a uh, kids who have been abused dependent or neglected uh, by unfortunately household members family members I also handle the traffic cases as well uh, and um, and all that dependency cases where kids are uh, struggling with substance abuse. Long story short, uh, I'm in front of a lot of I'm in front of a lot of uh, kids and a lot of families that are really struggling. And I hate to say it, I I, I see the worst of the worst in many cases. So uh, that's uh, but more than but on on top of that, obviously I'm a CrossFitter. So I. I have somewhere between just a hundred and a thousand questions for you. I'm so, I'm so fascinated. <laughs> just, just a few. Uh, yeah, I don't want to derail it. You're, you're coming to us from Ohio, right? Great state of Ohio. Absolutely. And what initially drew you into law? Oh, good question. So I uh, went to Georgetown College in Georgetown, Kentucky. Uh, played football with their own football scholarship. Uh, shout out to Derek Robinson, a.k.a. D-Rob, CrossFit <laughs> Wilco, no rat, no, Nomad. Uh, I talk to him quite frequently. Oh, is that right? I follow him on his, on, a, on a Twitter quite a bit, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a crazy animal. So what does that mean? Did you, guys go, did you guys go to school together? We played football together at Georgetown. Oh, small world. And he's small world. He's now in Tennessee, uh, but he's a beast. And uh, we, we, we worked out hard in a you know, small college. Uh, we still worked out and did a lot of high-intensity uh, interval uh, training. Uh, graduated from, from uh, uh, college, but it's important to know that Georgetown at the time was the Cincinnati Bengals uh, training facility, training camp. So we had a lot of access uh, to the athletes, to the Bengals. Uh, There's a lot of scouts coming through, pro days where they'd let you work out for them, things like that. Uh, but at some point in time, you realize uh, that it's just not going to happen. You're not going to be going to the <laughs> NFL, believe it or not. Uh, but even as much as you worked out and right. thought that you might have a have a shot, there's only about 1,700 players in the NFL. So I always have a plan B, if not a plan C. My plan B was law school. Um, I've always been someone who has grown up speaking in front of people. Growing up in church, my mom would make me give the announcements and be that nerd that was up there telling the service about what was going on. So I was always comfortable. So I knew I wanted to be a prosecutor uh, attorney when I went to law school uh, because that's what I like to do. I loved uh, to, uh, you know, tell the story and I love to tell the truth about what would happen, or at least my version of the truth, you know. And uh, so uh, that's what led me to law school, uh, graduated from law school in three, like I said, three years, took that horrible bar exam in Columbus. Uh, I don't think Rogue was even around when I took the bar. Maybe Rogue Fitness was right down the street. I don't know. Uh, but took the bar exam <laughs> and then uh, uh, was hired on as a prosecuting attorney in Montgomery County, handling all the felonies and all the high-end serious cases. 
Wow. We got a foot. I got, got a footnote your your football career just by saying there were two two national championships in that in that time period. That's correct. That's correct. And so even you know yeah and of course uh, you know with the aspirations for for higher athletics the fact that you guys are even in a national championship level that that dream that dream does go away for everyone sometimes. Hanging up those cleats, man. It was it was tough. And of course, CrossFit was. Yeah, coming up, coming around about that time in 2007 is when I graduated from law school. I graduated from uh, Georgetown in 2004, and law school was three years after that. So CrossFit, CrossFit was just coming about. So I'm that guy that's kind of like, man, if CrossFit was around when I was <laughs> in college, man, you wouldn't even know who Matt Fraser Every, is. Everybody <laughs> is that guy. Everybody is, is that guy. Who isn't that guy, man? Who's Rich Froning if CrossFit was around, man, when I was coming up? No. Love the honesty. That's fantastic. I mean, <laughs> I, I, you know, we, we've got you here because you are that a unique member of the CrossFit community. And, and Centerville CrossFit is your home yeah, base, right? That is my home. And I know we got to talk CrossFit for a while so we can keep the program funded here. But again, <laughs> I'm so fascinated to have to, to yeah. have a judge on the the people that just cross your path every day. I mean, what you mentioned you deal with at work is so much more stressful yeah. than what I deal with work with at work on, on a on a daily basis. Um. You know, can I add something with please that? Please do. You know, with 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 the trainers that are at uh, the amazing trainers at Centerville CrossFit. When you guys get up and you're wearing your sweatpants uh, in this cold weather and those t-shirts on a daily daily basis, and just looking like you just get up and you got your coffee and you're telling us how to move and how to do workouts. I'm sitting here like, man, I joined the wrong profession. <laughs> I should be doing that. Uh, and then you guys, and then more, more importantly, CrossFit loves to talk about sleep and how important sleep is. And you guys make sure you get your sleep in. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> why didn't I, why didn't I jump into this sleep? So important. Everybody keeps it, talking about it. But you know, both sides helping out the world in a different way. The CrossFit trainers, Absolutely. health and fitness, getting people off the couch, helping cure chronic disease. But then, you know, we impact society in a different way than you impact society every day in your job. You know, from what you see, starting to dive into my thousand questions, you mentioned, you know, child abuse, drugs, traffic, things Correct. that would be felonies if they were adults, things of that nature. Uh, I mean, do you see it as, I mean, what's, what's causing the problem? What's causing people to come before you? You know, you hear it's nature, you know, they, some people grew up in a bad environment. You hear it's nurture, you know, it was just bad uh, parents and the friends that they surrounded themselves with led to bad choices. You see it every day. What's your take on it? Man, the number one thing that you're going to hear from everyone is, and they, it's the easy answer, but everyone's going to say the background of the parents. I can count on one hand how many times I get a mother and a father. Uh, now, that doesn't mean that they aren't in there, uh, but you're typically seeing just a single mother. You're typically seeing a grandmother uh, uh, taking on dual roles. Um, and then, you, but then, when that when people ask, you know, what's the issue? Like, okay, you say it's the it's the parents or it's the mother, or, you know, that's all they have. But again, like we're, that's where we are now. So we can't worry about that. Now it's the next step. What are we going to do from here to prevent that cycle? Because, because what's interesting when I was a prosecutor and uh, when that video, it said when I, I, I was interviewed at the time by uh, the news, I prosecuted some of the parents of these individuals oh, when I was wow. a prosecuting attorney. So now so I'm you over see here again. in court, and then I'm seeing them again, or I'm seeing their kids in front of me. So, I mean, I'm not a, a sociologist by any means, but I can put two and two together. 
and kind of narrow down uh, uh, what's going on. Dayton has a very, very, very bad um, uh, opioid epidemic as well. So a lot of, you know, so we've had uh, a situation in Centerville where uh, uh, two parents, uh, both working, I think one was a pilot, uh, maybe both were pilots, overdosed in their home. Mm-hmm. So oh, it's, it's it's one of those things where it's, you, you can easily say, well, it's parents, it's families, but then you have those other families you know, with both parents in the household that are just struggling with some type of addiction, you know, just, just struggling and you just see it over and over again. So every day is what I see. How do you, I, I, I'm sorry, Pat, because I got questions too with, with, in terms of this thing, because it fascinates me. I, my personality set, I don't think would be well suited for it because like you said, you, you prosecuted their parents. You've been at this game, even in your young age, you've been at this for a long time. How, how do you how do you remain or do you remain is it is it a compassionate is that the right word like how do you how, how are you not able to not like get mad how are you able to not uh, to kind of just become cold and, and d- disconnected yeah yeah, yeah. It's, and it's easy to do it's easy to be like oh here's just another one we're just going to shuffle them through the system but gosh man every story is different um every kid is coming from a different background my job is to provide an opportunity our particular county montgomery county uh, which is where the city of dayton sits has so many services for treatment uh programs for those who are dependent uh we have uh organizations that assist uh with families as a whole um you can do so many things from beyond the bench which is what i knew as soon as i was appointed i was like this is what i have to do uh, and it all comes to opportunity, man. Like, um, it really, some of these kids just did not win the parent lottery. Let's just be completely honest. I'm one of those individuals, I'll be completely honest, uh, who who did. You know, uh, I, I did. And I recognize that. So by, and when I was in college, you know, uh, they actually referred to uh, my family as the Huxtables. <laughs> you know, That's and, fantastic. Uh, you know, both, both parents educated. And guess what? I asked, I didn't ask for that. I just got it. And um, I recognize that. So when you're when you recognize that you received so many blessings uh, that you didn't even don't didn't deserve, um, you can't look at a kid and just be like, ah, we're just going to let him go and figure it out on his own. I want to make sure he has the same opportunities that I have. That's what I'm doing with these kids that have been coming every week. So you have these these kids, these families cross your path, your bench or whatnot. Mm-hmm. You're a, a crosser right. for years, fired up, motivated right. about the community. Was it an obvious marriage between the two in your mind, or what sparked the initial idea? Well, here's what's funny. Whenever you talk about juvenile court, whenever you talk about the county uh, solving problems within your community, the key word that you always hear is community. Um, you talk about communities uh, in parts of you know East Dayton, West Dayton, which has its uh, issues, South Dayton, North Dayton, just like any other uh, area uh, in the United States. But it's just kind of like the key word uh, whenever we talk about these kids is the community and the community in which they're from, the community that they didn't, you know, ask to be a part of. But what's the word that we constantly use within CrossFit? <laughs> we are what? We are a community. You know what I mean? So it was kind of like, well, they have their communities. We have our community. Well, why don't you check out this community? And it's amazing the similarities uh, between um how CrossFit communities work within their communities and then how these underprivileged kids in their communities operate. And you just really want to show them, you know, that 
while the communities might be different, we still fall under the same umbrella, same category. And we, whether I'm in this position trying to help the community in East or West Dayton or North Dayton or South Dayton, um, you're still trying to improve the community in your gym as well. In the case the listeners aren't following the bouncing ball that we're, we're putting here, you reached out to the leadership at Centerville CrossFit and said, can I bring in some kids that have some bad stuff going on in life into the gym in the hopes of improving? You know, what, what's, what is that system? What does it look like? What was the goal? Yeah, absolutely. So as much as CrossFitters like to think that everybody on, in the United States or in the world is talking about CrossFit, believe it or not, <laughs> there is a large amount of people that have no idea about CrossFit. And you meet them you regularly. Shut your mouth. <laughs> and I meet them regularly. I even asked one of uh, my kids, I was like, had you ever heard of CrossFit before uh, we got you uh, into the gym? He's like, man, I'd never heard of it before in my life. You know, so I know some CrossFitters right now are flipping out. Like, how could this be? And I find it's funny because you guys were talking about, I think I was listening to the interview with uh, Adrian. Was it Adrian Boswell? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And talking about how you're, you're seeing a generation of kids who started CrossFit early and they've known it for years. But there's still a lot of kids, more than you realize, that have never even heard Great of point. this uh, type, this sport. Uh, so you got to check yourself a little bit. And I thought that was unfair. Like the fact that I was easily able to um, engage with, uh, with CrossFit and these kids had never heard of it. And we see, we talk about how all the benefits of CrossFit. Mm-hmm. We talk about how we're moving, how we're improving, feeling better, self-esteem. How could I be in front of all these juveniles going through all these difficulties and not at least show them? Uh, uh, Centerville CrossFit and, and show them uh, how I operate. And, um, you know, it's, it's just been, uh, it's, it's been overwhelming with the response. I'll just say that with the responses. And you, you modeled it generally off of Steve's club. Is that right? I, it, it was an organization in New Jersey. So what happened was, you know, I'm in front of this, I mean, I'm before the court and I said, okay, as soon as I get my feet wet, uh, I want to, I want these kids to see CrossFit. I want at least a select few to come check it out. And somebody, I think one of my close friends uh, said, have you ever heard of Steve's Club? I was like, I never heard of Steve's Club. So I went to the website and I saw what they were doing. Uh, And while we don't operate, I don't believe, I don't really know how they operate. I just know that I'm constantly in front of at-risk kids, at-risk youth. So it's a no-brainer to figure out a way to pull them out of their community and put them into a community where I know everybody's paying $100 to $200 uh, to go to this gym every month. So I'm pretty sure uh, they could uh, at least try to, quote unquote, adopt uh, some of these youth and uh, help build them. So uh, the idea was there. I did not know that there was another gym doing it until I was somebody mentioned it and I Googled it. And I said, oh, that's pretty interesting. And they, they've reached out. I've contacted with them as well. Cool. And it's just one of those things where uh, who can, the end goal is the same. How you get there, it may be different. Uh, but uh, we're both. Uh, I, I, I kudos to them and what they've been doing. Did, cool. Did you, Very cool. Did you see this as potentially high risk? Because I'm going to go ahead and just throw out some huge, mm-hmm. broad, sweeping generalizations that uh, a lot of people yeah. probably have. Like, okay, you got oh, yeah. these juveniles that you know made all these bad decisions. You know, they got their yeah. heads up their butt. They probably don't like mm-hmm. hard work. You know, now you're gonna <laughs> now you're gonna drag them into this gym and Uh and, and force them to do this stuff that's painful and awkward and and uncomfortable (laughs) and they're not going to do that they're going to run out the door you know what absolutely absolutely uh so just like whenever you invite one of your friends who doesn't want to do crossfit but you bring them in 
uh, not all of them stick to it. You know, a lot of <laughs> them say, true. man, this is not for me. So let's not act like every, this isn't like sister act right. where like you go and you see these, you know, you know what I mean? I think people are kind of like, all right, well, you know, Whoopi Goldberg brought these uh, at-risk youth. Next thing you know, they're singing in a choir uh, and just having like, and win these nationals. Like anybody under the, anybody under the age of 30 is going to have to Google that, but sorry, continue. Both, both sister act and Whoopi Goldberg yep. all at the same time. But no, but seriously, it's like, you, you know, we have had we have a core right now that love it. They keep coming every week. And it's important to know, because I think there are some misconceptions. I think they think that I'm on this bench and I'm like, well, instead of sending you to juvenile prison, you have to go do Fran. Right. You know what I mean? That's ridiculous. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's uh-huh. ridiculous. What I do, what some of the kids, all of them have been through the juvenile court system. I'll say that. Um, most of them, except maybe one, have even been in front of me. Okay. So um, many of them don't have another outlet. Our probation department and their building, uh, they go to that building and through our resources, we're able to pick them up and bring them out to the gym. Uh, we have a, uh, what's called a, a division of probation called community-based services. Uh, and that is services for, you know, your typical uh, kid who just has nothing to do between the time of 3 p.m., 3 p.m. and 9 p.m. because we all know studies show that that is when most of the mm-hmm. uh, issues happen. When they get out of school, they got nothing to do. Mischief. So, you know, right, exactly. <laughs> Mischief, exactly. <laughs> so um, it basically boiled down to contacting probation, figuring out a way to get some of these kids uh, to see it, uh, and they've all been receptive to it. But again, there are there's been about, I'd say, four, five, six kids it wasn't for, it wasn't for it just wasn't for them and and largely because their background their history i mean nobody's told them that guess what life's going to be uncomfortable sometimes especially when you're doing that snatch right. and you just got to pull yourself out of that who's teaching them that mm-hmm. you know when uh they have nobody no support and many of these kids are in the custody of their, their grandparents uh are in the custody of children's services um and uh many of them are wondering if they're going to eat tomorrow uh, we found out, and you find out so much more when you come out from behind the bench. Oh, I bet. And and, and meet these kids, um, but there is this misconception that I am like I guess that I'm just I'm ordering them to Central Cross. That's not how it works. What so so yeah, I, I kind of get that, but but then give me the nuts and bolts. Like when you when you deliver a sentence. Is, what, what is the bandwidth that you have to operate within? Like, can you, yeah, where does this fit? And for that, and for the five or six who it didn't work for, what do they do now? Absolutely. So here's what happened. Whenever uh, an individual admits, I inform them um, uh, that you have the possibility of assessments, counseling, uh, corrections time, um, you know, uh, uh, just went blank, of course, because I say this routinely all the time, uh, but all types of uh, assessments, counseling, probation, Community you know, service or community something. Community service, effect. all that stuff, uh, and and then if it's a felony, they could be seeking a time in the Department of Youth Services, which is pretty much uh, juvenile prison. Uh, all that stuff is le- is known to them. Now, when I order them to probation, probation has the decision to make from there as to what would suit this child better. Um, obviously, if we're talking high end felony one, felony two, rape, murder, those types of things, these kids are those kids are are not just walking the street. Let's just put it if there's a safety if there's a safety issue. Uh, they're, they're, they're already, uh, likely either in detention to potentially be charged as an adult. Uh, but for the kids who 
you know, criminal damaging, the kids who did the same things that you probably did, Pat, I know, as a kid, right. just didn't <laughs> no, get caught. No doubt. They just didn't get caught, you know. Um, some of these kids, these kids don't need to be locked up uh, and then also just sent back home to a situation that they're not going to be successful in. Uh, so I ordered them to probation. Uh, probation, and I want to shout out to Luigi Dodier, who runs uh, the community-based services. He is the one that screens and says, this kid needs that. Uh, he needs to be a part of this group, or this kid needs to be a part of an art group, uh, needs to be a part of another uh, group that we have in another group of services. That's that we cool. have. So, so we have a plethora of services, yeah. And, and this is, uh, I've got, I mean, I don't want to take you down another rabbit hole, but the I, I didn't take for granted that that 3 p.m. to 9 p.m. was when crimes happened. Like, I always assumed it was like, hey, nothing good happens after midnight. I thought it was all middle of the night type stuff. So that's, that's really interesting to me and um, smart, really, that you guys would have these programs that, that fill that gap. Yeah, we have these programs with churches uh, where they go between nine, 3 and 9 to learn cognitive behavioral therapy, like anger management. Uh, obviously, there's a volunteer uh, uh, community, you know, community service opportunities and all that stuff that you're probably aware of. But when it comes to, and the key thing I can't stress enough is when it comes to juvenile court, because I practiced in adult court when I started. Okay. Now I was at that time, you're 18 and up and you're grown and we ain't got time to talk about many services unless you're dependent on some type of substance. Of course, there's treatment courts for that. But if you're just completely, uh, you know, reckless or completely uh, intentionally committing crimes that are harming others as an adult, we ain't got time for it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, nobody got to you at this point it, in your lifetime. Exactly. Yeah. So, but the key with uh, juvenile justice center and, uh, and juvenile justice is rehabilitation, period. We are trying to make sure that they are ready to turn 18. And that is the name of the game. Uh, and the hardest part is some of these Juveniles don't come to me until they're probably 12, 13, 14, uh, and then mom's saying, y'all got to do something. I'm like, well, you had them for over 10 years, right. and all of a sudden they're causing these issues, and now you want the court to fix them. It isn't that easy, but what you can do is uh, you know, give them opportunity, and have. And I wanted to make sure that they had the same opportunity that I have. And uh, if you, uh, in the video, like I said, I say it to most of my kids, like, you meet me halfway, I'll meet you halfway. That's what I'm, that's what I'm here for. Um, I will allow you... Uh, opportunity and you have to take advantage because they're advantage of it because there is that accountability factor that they have to have man so if if the goal is to rehabilitate them which makes sense to me that also seems like such a daunting task because not not to clue you into my high quality late night television that i watch but you know every now and then i'll see intervention or something on tv and you know they they go through all these people with the various problems and then at the end they recap the four or five people hey six months later and it seems like at least half, if not more, are back down yeah. the same bad decisions. So the kids that did stick with you, the kids that do mm-hmm. still continue to go to Centerville CrossFit, what are they yeah. getting out of it? And what yeah. what's the impact you've seen firsthand? Gosh, man, I can't even explain to you. Uh, we just had our first, it's our second girl um, who has been coming for about three, four weeks. And let me tell you, that first day, she was like, what is this? I'm not, she said, I'm not doing this. This is stupid. I don't blame like, her. That's how she said, that's how she said, this is stupid, you know? Um, and and she did not feel comfortable. How, how old are we talking? How old is this individual? 15. Okay. okay. 16, 15 or 16. Uh, and again, there's five other guys, boys, you know, there. So of course she definitely does it. And you got to add in the maturity, the testosterone, mm-hmm. estrogen, and all that stuff factors in. 
But I'm going to tell you right now, she's been coming. This is her fourth week. The second week, she opened up. And next thing you know, she's on the bar doing a pull-up. And then the week after that, she's joking and, and having fun with the, the other members. And then yesterday, I just find out she can just right out, just do push-ups. So she did like five push-ups during one of the workouts. And I'm like, nice. and she's opening up. Her self-esteem is just growing. Um, one of the, the kids, uh, I mean, his, his most, I mean, all their backgrounds are really, really tough. But one of them, I mean, I don't know. I've seen where he lives, and it's just kind of like, unfortunately, I only get to be with him for an hour, hour and a half, maybe two hours. But man, like, he's got to deal with that mm-hmm. for where he lives in his circumstance, you know, for a whole week before he gets back. He can't wait to get here. You know what I mean? So you just see the growth, the development. Um, like I like I indicated, man, it's, it's so crazy, the similarities about um, how CrossFit works and fighting through difficulty. And then you come out on top of that and you look back and you say, man, I just did that. That's what's happening with these kids. It's got to make you a more intelligent judge as well because, you know, like you said, it breaks down the barrier. They see you in the courtroom. Absolutely. There's the bench between you and them. There's mm-hmm. this position of authority, you know, or whatnot. Yeah. Then you go to the gym and you guys suffer together. And you all know at the end <laughs> right. when you're laying on the ground hyperventilating, you're a bit more vulnerable. <laughs> you open up a yeah. bit more. Like so the walls start Absolutely. to come down. So. I can only assume that when you learn, you peel back the layers of the onion about what makes these kids tick and maybe the stress that they have in their head of of their life that you don't know about. You go back to the bench, you see that next kid. It's got to make you better at your job. You see each other at their worst. And here's what's an interesting story. I got so many stories I get to tell you, but this was interesting. So um, I started the – we started January 12th of 2017. This year was when our first day was when we had a group of them. And, uh, and one of the kids, you know, I'm working out with him. He sees me, you know, and it's just like our typical CrossFit guys where we're in the snug shirts or biceps <laughs> show and all that good stuff. So <laughs> pecs are popping out and I'm feeling pretty good sweat doing muscle ups. So I want to show the kid, yo, right. this, this magistrate judge can do some muscle ups. <laughs> How about exactly. that? You know what I mean? So, but, but he picked up a petty, uh, a, a theft charge and little did I know he was going to appear before me, uh, on this charge. And he did not know I was the same guy in that big black fluffy robe, oh, you know, because like, because Lulu does not make the snug robes, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, to wear so yet. not yet. So I'm getting with Lululemon to make sure I can get one of those That's snug amazing. robes up there. So it's like, but he 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 walks into the courtroom, and and I, I hate to say it because he had to be detained, he had to be remanded into juvenile jail simply because there was no parent that would be able to get him. Um, you know, with other 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 kids, um, you know, mom, dad, grandma are all rushing to beat you at the jail to go pick you up. There's a large segment of society where they we reach out, phones disconnected, nobody can can find a, a parent, and he has to stay locked up uh, for a, a day. Uh, so he walks into court, he sees me presiding over just the initial hearing, which is basically I just go over the charge and make sure you understand why he's here. He did the biggest triple take, like, oh my gosh. You're the same guy. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, and and you know what he said after after that hearing? He said, "Man, you're never going to see me in here again." And to his credit, I have not. Now I'm not saying mm-hmm. I'm the reason why he's not committing crimes. What I'm saying is he's now holding himself to a higher standard because he does not want to disappoint somebody. Yeah. Wow. He does not have a dad that he doesn't want to disappoint because there's no father figure. 
moms there, but moms, uh, unfortunately, have it's hard to be both mom and dad uh, in a lot of these circumstances. And that's a shout out to single moms who are doing what they're what they're doing and are, mm-hmm. are in that role. But he does not have both, and he and his mother is ha- is having her own issues as as well. So th- there's there's that's I mean a tremendous example of kind of like a an inferred like an, a by example you you see me you see me doing my thing and then it, it, it motivates you. How much access or how much time do you spend with these kids when you're in the gym, talking about character and talking about how sport and physical fitness can kind of affect your life? Yeah, and it's important to know too. Um, when they're when I handle a sentence, like I give them, put them on probation. Uh, then they're just like any other kid after that. You know what I mean? So it's just like any other kid that I would see in Kroger. Those kids that you walked around didn't realize that they were probably on some type of probation. So we are just two individuals. You do what you have to do through probation, mm-hmm. so that way you know you, you can be done with it. Uh, but at the same time, uh, when you come to my gym and you do the workout uh, with me, um, you better make sure that you are. Uh, going to school, that your grades aren't suffering, uh, that you're not picking up any new charges. I make sure that I hold them accountable. And I tell them, don't waste my time. Because I've got a wife and a three-year-old and a, and a 20-month-old that my my beautiful wife is allowing me because she knows how important it is uh, for um, for these kids uh, to, to, to see CrossFit because she's a fellow CrossFitter and loves and understands the importance of the gym. Uh, so um, I let them know that much is expected of them and when they reach those expectations i expect more and they will be rewarded for it because they have received a lot of incentives through our gym uh and these are same incentives that you and i take for granted you know what i mean i got yeah. people over talking about man i need those this is my five my fifth pair of metcons mm-hmm. uh you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i need another pair these kids don't even know what that is and they they don't they barely have shoes I mean, one kid came in and he didn't have shoelaces, you know, not because it was cool yeah. to do. He just, they just didn't have, they didn't have money to get a new pair of shoelaces. Yeah, so we, we took care of them, you know, to. it's yeah. crazy. Even my, my uh, trainer, the, the, one of the uh, trainers at the gym was like, it's just, I'm sheltered. Like, I don't even understand that the process and where they, they come from or where they live to, through no fault of their own. So, so what, what is that interaction actually? That, that, that was something I was thinking about. Like, is this, is this a class time that's reserved for just your kids at Centerville CrossFit or is this a general, so they get to come to the general class, they mix it up. Yeah. So Thursday is typically like the rest day for like most of the, the, like either we have an advanced program class and we have your, your typical class uh, and our classes operate where there's a 5:30 class, and since Thursday is the lighter uh, class, um, that is the time period in which they come. The 5:30 to 6:30 p.m. is, of course, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, they come to that class, um, and they work out with the rest of the uh, members. Now, what's awesome is, and I can't say this enough, Mitch Lyons, who is the owner of Centerville CrossFit, I got to shout out to my man, Mitch, because he did not bat an eye when I brought this to his attention. So you're going to hear his name in yeah. this interview again. Awesome. Mitch said, when are we going to start this? It took a couple weeks longer than I anticipated to get started. But after the holidays, like I said, we started January 12th. He said, when are we going to get this started? So Mitch will take them uh, to the side and scale some of the workouts if they need if they need to. Uh, and then when they go three, two, one, go, like we did yesterday and like we did last night, they're doing the workout with the rest of the class. Okay, so this isn't even a special, you guys go to the side. My intent and my goal is I want them a part of this uh, community. I want them to see the same thing. I want them to be able to have the same stuff. I want them to see, you know, that most of these kids have never been 
outside of a outside of a you know a few miles of their house. Like they don't other than school, they don't go outside of their radius. They don't have the transportation to go outside of that radius. So when they come out here to our area and see what all these people are doing and meet, you know, doctors, meet lawyers, meet uh, you know, we have Wright Patterson Air Force Base, one of the largest uh, military bases out here in military options. Uh, and you know, CrossFit's got, got their uh, uh, you know the police mm-hmm. uh, uh, police officers. Uh, they get to see all these other people who they're kind of like, wait a minute. So you guys work and y'all just come over here and just do this crazy workout for an hour and uh, high five each other and are going through the same thing. Like then that's what they want. You know, they want structure. They want discipline. That's what's been happening. Based on your job and what you see and you being a CrossFitter, the connection there makes sense to me. I'm fired up and it, it mm-hmm. pleases me to no end to hear that the owner, Mitch, was on board as well. What I'm curious about is the, the you know, the regular, the regular <laughs> members who are like, oh, you know, the great thing about a gym we used to say is that's why we don't even have lockers. You don't have to worry about anybody <laughs> stealing your stuff. Then all of a sudden, the perception is you uh-huh, march in these yeah. juvenile delinquents to my normal <laughs> class. Was there resistance to that, or how was it received? None. None whatsoever. And I will tell you, especially I've, I've been reached out to so many people across the country uh, since that video was posted about how to start things off. They tried something similar, not my gym, but probation did something similar uh, at another gym. But they brought like 20 to 30 at a time. And that be- and it was at a kind of a global gym. Uh, and that became a problem because, one, I think they only had one staff member mm-hmm. uh, there. But two, as soon as something came up missing that's who they sure. started to blame, which, and I don't know anything more than that. So my goal was to say, you know what, you can't, you know, you're not going to change the entire world with, with all the juveniles in Montgomery County. Let me have a core group, see what they're about, see who really wants this. Um, and I'm there as well. And I, I work out with them when I, when, uh, um, you know, when the workout allows me to, but Mitch, who's the owner, he takes his time away to train them, to work with him because I'm not certified level one. I should be, I should, but I didn't do it. And he is. Let him train. Let me focus on if there's any behavior they don't have. They're just your typical. I mean, you ask any member, they're a typical 14, 15, 16 year old kid. <laughs> and here's what's being lost. Like we talk about all the benefits that it has for the kids, but I'm telling you right now, our gym is benefiting way more because they are just incorporating, making meals for them, making sure they have food, oh, really? uh, uh, clothing. Um, they are pouring in their resources for these kids that I can't even like. We got Christmas gifts uh, ready for these kids uh, for the holidays. Uh, one uh, uh, lady, Kim, got to say hi to Kim Annette. Uh, she, Kim Antoinette, she makes she texts me. Do the boys need anything? Do they need food? A girl, does she need anything? And every week she makes food for them. I saw her in the story. I saw in that video. That was one. That's just one, uh, Rory. There's another woman that makes sure she texts me. Do they need it? And and I I said, you know, you don't have to. But, hey, if you're going to, let's do it. Yeah. And they went home with bags full of food last week. And and it's important to know that, you know, they go home and that might be the only meal they have. And they have they have siblings, have siblings, too. So um, it's, it's crazy how much the gym has poured in and they realize they're getting to know these kids kids that are just like their kids okay and they look at them and they're just like your these kid is just as nice as my kid but he just lives in an area where it's very tough it's a big uphill battle which is not fair no since we're on the subject of some of these specific kids and some of the hardships mm-hmm. that they're enduring 
when we were chatting before the interview, you said to make sure we spoke about a, a young man named Christian. Yeah, what, please, what's, what's Christian's please. story? All right, so this is when I knew we were on to something. So it's during the summer. It's about, uh, no, I'm sorry. It's during uh, April, March, April. Um, spring break was going on for the kids. Christian lives with his grandma, who is very, very ill. That's And she's very difficult for her to be able to keep up with Christian, who's 15, 16. We're doing one of our crazy wads. Uh, and all of a sudden, during the workout, he just takes a knee. And we're just like, what? What is going on? He's holding his head. He's struggling. We're like, what is wrong? He's about to faint. So Mitch goes up to him and Mitch says, dude, are you okay? And he's like, I, I just haven't eaten all day. So now I want to remind you, let me take a side note. Remember, we do this every Thursday, 530 to 6:30. Every Thursday, 530 to 6:30, they come to this gym or brought to this gym and they work out. So that particular Thursday, Mitch says, you know, are you okay? And then Christian responds, I haven't eaten all day. Mitch asked him, when was the last time you ate? He said, Tuesday. Oh, no. Yeah, let me say that again. When was the last time you ate? This is on a Thursday. He responds, Tuesday. Good Lord. So at that point in time, we got them all Subway. We weren't going to single him out and, of course, just give him a you know, $5 foot long. We, we get them all uh, 12, you know, you know, we all get them Subway. They all eat. Now, what's interesting about that story is Christian did not eat the sandwich. He puts it in his coat or sweatshirt uh, and does not eat it. Really? Because that one is the last meal he is going to have that day. Two, he's got two other siblings that probably need to eat, too. So when I saw that, and, oh my and God! We saw that. We were like, okay, we need to step this up and take this to another level. And that's what led to uh, we had a building bridges. Uh, we had a burpee, uh, a burpee event, which I'll, I'll tell you all about too. So wow, I mean, I just so yeah, yeah. It's just another. It's just you just can't imagine when that hurt. When I heard that, and he said that he goes, he hasn't eaten since Tuesday. Like we said, okay, so we're doing what we we're doing what we can, right? We're doing what we can do right now, but we can do a lot more. See, this is what I was thinking, and this is what I was talking about with personality traits. And certainly anybody who I know who's a fantastic CrossFit trainer um, has so much empathy and they have so much kind of um, compassion for people. I can only imagine they're probably going to be like, they just want to like build a house outside and put all these kids in it, you know what I mean? Like, and and do more and more and more. Absolutely. I mean, I'll be honest, I wish, I, I wish they could come just as much as I do. You know, right. I mean, I'm in there four days, maybe five days a week. And wife's in there three days, maybe four days a week. And these people at the gym are in there all the time. Imagine if they could be that structure where we can get them there every single, every other oh, yeah. day. You know what I mean? And oh, they can sure. look forward to that. Yeah, I mean, I can tell you, it's just, and this doesn't mean like CrossFit saves the world, but this just means that it is just an avenue uh, for these kids to uh, be able to uh, have an opportunity, meet uh, other, other people, and be adopted from our, our gym. There's so much. There's so much there from the obvious impact that you're having, that the program's having, to CrossFit's doing something that I didn't even know it was capable of, to how <laughs> welcoming the owner of Centerville is and the other members. But mm -hmm. then, I, again, this poor Christian kid not eating in two days. Talk about just outside the scope of most of our reality. You know, our big problems are... Uh, I haven't upgraded to the new iPhone. I'm kind of, you know, uh, I'm kind of upset that, you know, I feel like I'm struggling over here because I got this thing. I got the smaller iPhone, and it's it's such a stupid, materialistic, irrelevant. Like oh, if those it's are your bad. problems, you've got no problems. And that Christian kid, 
who who obviously is living in a world that I cannot comprehend, and I'm much like yourself. Right. I was lucky to never experience that world, mm-hmm. and he somehow in that in that suffering world where you wouldn't blame him for being selfish and greedy, didn't eat the sandwich. Absolutely, I'm blown away. Absolutely, I'm blown away. he's already he's already adulting, as they say, right now. Unfortunately, at 15, 16 years old. Uh, so, um, and what's what's funny? I saw him actually yesterday. We had a, a Christmas party at the court. And he was involved in some of it because he's actually uh, now been placed at a residential facility just because things were just too tough at home. Oh, but he said, he said, he said, I saw the um, video on. Uh, he's like, I can't wait. He's like, I want to get back there. I'm going to get back there. He wants to come back, and he looks great. Like he looks amazing. He is matured. As, you know, he's definitely matured. Uh, and but I mean, he didn't ask for this. You know what I mean? So yeah, um, our gym is just. Um, pouring out their resources for these kids. And again, this is not just some handout situation, man. Like they have to make sure uh, that they are doing what I ask of them. I tell them every day, I ask about their grades. I want to know them. They show them to me. They're all doing well in school and they weren't before. Um, they And they know that I, t- I tell them, one, don't waste my time. And two, if I find out that you're picking up a new charges, you're not coming back or you're not going to school, I don't want you here. You know what I mean? And they're going to hear that because nobody's telling them that. Wow. I mean, the... The, you should you should also like some of our other guests just write a book on how you plan your day. I mean, how are you a husband and a father to two children, and you work this job, and you mentor these kids, and you're checking in on their life, and you're helping out with their grades? It's I'm I'm suddenly realizing that I'm not doing enough to help out my local community. <laughs> I'm going to well, tell you that, but I but mean, my hats off to you, man. I mean, no joke, you are doing it. Uh, well, you know, it's uh, it has to it has to be done, and. It, it's really when you get put in that position, one you, you have to do that. I mean, you can't be, in, but that doesn't mean that everyone can't take an hour of their week mm-hmm. to help some kid uh, who they know is struggling. You know, I mean, I every so I and I purposely wanted to do it when I'm. Well, like I said again, my wife Jana, who I love so much, love you, baby. I have to uh, give her so much praise because, like I said, for that five thirty to seven time period she knows where i am and she knows why i'm there and what i'm doing and she knows how important it is while she's uh dealing with my my three month and 18 month old so i did that purposely because now for you single guys out there you guys who don't have as much responsibility i don't want to hear it you know I, mean? so, <laughs> I, I, I don't hear it now i will echo that especially when you when you're like you're, you're talking in months when you say 18 month old but like that that's basically a two-year-old and a three-year-old that that is a busy woman taking care of just that load. It's very busy, but you gotta remember that for that small period of time, uh, where I can spend the time with uh, uh, with those kids uh, and show them, uh, you know, how what I do, and they keep coming. Uh, something's something's working, and uh, you know, we are all selfish, like myself included. Like, don't get me wrong, I am not some saint. Like, this is just my job is not to show uh, people how. Uh, we're different, but it's to show them how we're all similar. And it's just, we just, like you said, we take for granted so many things. And like, I, I, and I will talk about my wife right now because I'm like, if I see another Amazon box on the front porch, <laughs> I'm going to flip out. You know what I mean? But it's because Christmas time. Mm-hmm. And I see another Amazon box. I'm going to lose it. But like th- th- things like that and things that me thinking I need this for, for the home gym or, and I and to say that I actually have a, a home gym is just right little stuff like that is just you sit back and you're like gosh man um we we, we i didn't deserve any of this stuff thank god for it what do you 
I mean, Rory and I were on the level one training staff for a long time, and you would evaluate trainers based on a, a bunch of different points of performance. And one of them was presence and attitude. And you either have it or you don't. Call it charisma, right. call it whatever you got. You know, you've got something. You know, I'm not trying to patch you in the back here, but you've got something. And you can feel you've got a good positive energy. Your head's in the right place. I, you know, what, what is it that you struggle with that might not mm -hmm. be very obvious and apparent from your, you know, your positive demeanor and, you know, you're out there doing, doing the right stuff. What is it that, that keeps you a little bit restless at night? Gosh. Um, failure, just like anything else. I mean, especially with these kids, I get nervous uh, because I, I, I want to make sure that they come back. And I want to make, and there's been a couple kids uh, that did come early on that it just wasn't for them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, us CrossFitters, we're like, CrossFit's for everybody. How is it not for you? Uh, but they've got so much um, going on at home that it's just, it's just not going to work at that point in time. So, you know, when they, when they come back, you know, I just want to make sure that they stay consistent, that this continues, that this grows. Uh, but I struggle with not being able to save the world. Mm -hmm. I know I can't save the world. And the hardest thing to wrestle with is like, here I am in this position and I see, and I can look up every child who's been through the juvenile system and find out what they're missing, what they're lacking, what they're dependent on. And I can only do so much. And that kills me. So, okay, within, within that, can you come up then with, without making yourself go crazy, a set parameter by which you would say, okay, well then success does look like this. Is there, I don't know if it's a specific outcome for a certain amount of kids or if it's just that you're... I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, they need to graduate high school, period. They need it. They have to have that education. They have to have that degree. But like I talked about me having that plan B out of uh, college playing football uh, and had a plan B and a B and a plan C out of law school. Like these kids don't have a plan B or C. Um, they're hoping that they can make it tomorrow. So I want to, you know, and you, you, we were all at that age. Like we weren't thinking about, you know, what we're going to be doing 20 years from now. And the kid today, when, when everything is so instantaneous as to popularity and getting rich, so they think that, you know, Hey, if I post the right thing, I'm going to get so many thousands and thousands of likes and become popular. That's going to make me happy. And so it's even more difficult with a kid today uh, just because I sound like the old grandpa, the old granddad right now, but it's just kind of like, it is a different mindset, even as much as it was for us, because the kids today want things yesterday, right. you know, and, and, and that, that's a, that's very important when it comes to treatment, when it comes to them wanting to work on their anger management, when they're once a, uh, you know, if you're trying to curtail substance abuse, like you can't expect a kid that can't put their phone down to find out what was just said about them on Snapchat or whatever was just done and think that they're going to think about, okay, I've got this six to eight week process in which I need to work on uh, myself. You know what I mean? So you're really fighting against that, that struggle. And until they see that, look, I had to struggle and work through things in order to get to where I uh, have gotten, you're going to have to do the same thing to a certain extent. There's no easy road, huh? Nah, not at all. Not at all. Um, and you're talking to a man, Pat Sherwood, who stays up at night worrying about what people say on Instagram. <laughs> Unfair. I'm, I'm, I'm making big strides. Quite the opposite. I'm making big strides. Quite the opposite. Yeah, it, 
Yeah, it is funny because like when that video uh, uh, aired, you know, you went through and who doesn't look at their comments, sure. look at the comments and see what what people say. And it was, you know, 90 plus percent positive. And then there was like two really kind of negative people that you were just kind of like, I mean, who's this guy? But, you know, yeah. it's just one of those those things where you just, uh, you know, all you can do is make sure that they have that same opportunity. Um, what's even better that I failed to mention is we have uh, owners, or I'm sorry, uh, the head chef of Whole Foods. Do they have Whole Foods out west? I don't know. Oh, sure. They yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just make sure. All right. So Whole Foods, uh, these kids live in food deserts. That's a whole other thing. Okay. They may have like a drive through of some sort, but there's no, uh, they don't have that out there. So we've got a uh, chef, Rachel Abrams. How you doing? Uh, she's got a, uh, she's a head chef out at Whole Foods. So what does she do? Do the kids want to come and have a meal, come check out Whole Foods, whatever they want. These kids, I sent that picture to y'all. They went to Whole Foods. They looked at this place like it was a freaking amusement park. They didn't know what this thing was. And they're like, you know, and you go into Whole Foods and there's all the type of food you can eat. Each one of them had probably three, four plates uh, and some kind of drink that they had never heard of before. They wanted to make sure that they're like, can I have, can I have it? Man, just take what you want. Mm-hmm. You're, you're good. So she shows them Whole Foods. They see it and she shows them how important nutrition is and how it's important to eat, uh, eat well. And uh, they were forced to eat, you know, somewhat mm-hmm. relatively good meals at Whole Foods. Uh, and we also have an individual, we have a link with Chipotle because what CrossFitter doesn't like Chipotle. No doubt. Yeah. So they have now access after working out to go to Chipotle every single Thursday after working out Really? to go to Chipotle. And there is no Chipotle near where they live. I mean, not even remotely. I mean, it's just a hassle to get there. It's not in their neighborhood, but it's definitely right, you know, near us. So they, we worked that out to where, uh, these kids are able to go to eat Chipotle. So it just makes you think like. All these different pieces of the gym are able to provide them with an opportunity and exposure to see what else is out there. Uh, and even within Ural's gym, there's so many you know people at this gym that could provide avenues for people. So why are we not using that since we stress community so much in our CrossFit community? Well, then let's be a community uh, and show some of these kids who didn't who, who did not have that opportunity you know, like we do. And just just the exposure to to human kindness and and uh, un- unconditional like unwarranted uh, not unwarranted but like just unsolicited love you know like the, those people giving those gifts how amazing is that Yeah, I, I mean, I love people. I just love people. Life is about relationship. I love relationships uh, and and with people, and it's just kind of like that is what it is all about, and just leading with your heart. Uh, and trying to be the best you can be. I fail every single day. Like I said before, I'm far from perfect. I'm not a saint, but I know when I'm in this position to help somebody else lead with my heart, uh, other people want to do the same. And now all these gyms have contacted me wanting to do the same thing, which was the initial point to begin with, is for all these CrossFit gyms to say, how can we do the same thing? And and if you look at the comments that went on after, I mean, that's what everybody wanted to do. Like, How can we start mm-hmm. this? Hey, such and such, we can start the same thing. Well, that kind of maybe that's one of the answers to the question I have now is let's say somebody listens to the podcast, they get they get fired up and, you know, potentially as as a judge, you are aware of more programs out there that the community can be involved in. Maybe somebody out there is fired up, realizes I need to give back a little bit more, but I I don't know where to even Mm -hmm. start. Where are a couple good places they should they should look to if they're fired up? Well, the first thing I would tell anybody who's looking to do this, and I can't say stress this stress this enough: start small. Like you can find one or two 
uh, kids out there that are struggling with something either at home. And, and that's just in general. But two, uh, contact your local probation department, juvenile probation. I just spoke with somebody else in another county in Ohio. You contact juvenile probation departments uh, in your county, uh, local schools, I mean, and say, hey, is there a, 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 a kid that is just looking to be a part of something? Um, and even if it's one, like you bring that one kid and say, look, this is CrossFit. You like it? You don't like it? You don't want to come back? Okay, let's find another one. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, you at least you should at least give them the opportunity to see it if they've never heard of it and see if they want to keep doing it. I've yet to meet. I mean, there hasn't there. All the kids want to do it. Like you're 14, 15, 16, 17. Or you get to go a place, throw weights around, rook chalk all over your freaking body all day, sweat all over the place. Uh, and, you know, it's just kind of like there's very few kids that are like, I don't want to do that. They come in there and they want to be active. They want to do stuff and they keep doing it. So I would start small. I would uh, start with local school. Um, teachers there will tell you who is the child, you know, who is the kid. I would go That's in there and point. say, hey, who is the kid uh, that you all know is struggling and needs uh, an opportunity? They know who it is. Or contact juvenile probation uh, in your department and say, hey, who's the kid that's struggling that does not have the parental influence uh, that uh, that is needed and start with that one and then start with two and then next you know you've got this gym who wants to adopt this child and the kid is a part of something which they've never been a part of anything before now they are a part of something and they want to continue to be a part of it you know and that's kind of pretty much how it starts now like, yeah I was in a position where it was a little bit easier being behind the bench but it really regardless I was going to make it happen whether I was behind the bench or whether I was in some other uh, capacity, I was going to have some juveniles uh, have an opportunity to, to check CrossFit out. Man, you you're you you get me fired up that there's hope for the ju- judicial system. Thank you, thank you for that. I, I will tell you, thank you for that. And and all you've been talking about is you, you know, giving to others and what you're trying to do for other people, and you know, not so much just about you so you know some of the other just big questions is man how's that 225 snatch looking these days oh absolutely man you know, <laughs> I, 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 it's just funny so i think i did isabel 225 you know just pretty easily the other day you know it was pretty simple no i wish, That's like the goal. I wish you said man. that was one of your goals right a 225 snatch yeah it was it was i you know it's just that is a lesson in and of itself for the kids too because i'd let them know like that has been my goal i want to hit that you know, I've been pretty close, uh, and that is my goal. And they're over here like, okay, well, he's got goals too. He's not where he yeah. wants to be as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just – And it's, it's not going to happen by magic. It's going to take hard work. Yeah, and it's not going to happen unless I go in a time machine probably <laughs> and be 20 years old again. But I like to think that I'm going to hit it pretty soon. But, no, I mean, I it's – you're right. It's one – I had a, a kid in court. Uh, uh, and he, so what's, what's happening right now is other kids are hearing about this program. So other kids in probation are saying, Hey, I saw the program. I know about it. How can I get in there? What can I do to oh, join? Cool. You know, and, and that's the, been the best part about it. But I let them know, you know, I'm just not going to let anybody up in here, uh, because I want to make sure that you know, I can trust that this is what you really want. Or you just want to hang out and just say that you did something just to say you did something. So when he was in front of me in court and saying that he wanted to be a part of uh, the group, uh, I, I went through 
the process of lifting weights. I kind of was like, do you understand how you grow muscles and how you build muscles and how the breakdown of your muscle fibers in order for them to grow and get stronger? And he's like, no, nah, I don't even know what the heck you're talking about. I said, well, let's think about this. I was like, sometimes, not sometimes, but in order to build muscle and in order to, to, to build conditioning, you have to get uncomfortable. You have to be in uncomfortable situations uh, where you're uh, in positions where it's very difficult, it's very hard, and then you feel like you need to put the bar down, but then you lift the bar up and your body says, you know what? I just did that. I need to get stronger so that I can do it again. Mm -hmm. So then you do it again and your muscles break down again and your muscles get stronger because you've been in those difficult situations. You've been underneath this bar. You've lifted this bar so much. And every time you go through that difficult situation, you get stronger. And I kept repeating that to him. And I was like, are you following what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And he's like, I, I think I am because he's going through a difficult circumstance. He's uh, uh, having issues with substance abuse uh, and it's not easy. But I'm like, that is it's the same thing. It's like being comfortable with being uncomfortable, you know, and at the same time, getting stronger and looking back and saying, I just did that. I can do it again. And then some, you know. So, you know, there's a lot of, you know, parallel to life for these kids in CrossFit that I'm trying to um, uh, to show them. Wow. I think that you think that you're doing an amazing job, my friend. I think you're definitely changing the world and, and having a huge impact on, on your little corner of the world. Appreciate that. I appreciate it too. There's more to do, man. We still got plenty more to do that we're trying to focus on. We had a, a burpees for building bridges event. If I could say one last one, one thing. I'd love to hear about that. Yeah. So, so check this out. So I started CrossFit, I'd say end of 2011, beginning of 2012, I'm starting to do the, the Olympic lifts and, uh, starting to you know lift some heavy weights you know still lifting pretty good but I, everything's ugly but i'm lifting heavy feeling like i'm lifting pretty heavy and the first workout of the open was that ridiculously ridiculous 12.1 and i'm like wait a minute i lifted all this weight and you're telling me that the workout is seven minutes of burpees oh yeah <laughs> ridiculous you know what i mean so um we had a fundraiser uh the, the program that this CrossFit group is a part of is called Building Bridges. Building Bridges does a lot of things uh, for these juveniles who are through the court system. I just brought this CrossFit piece to it, okay? And what uh, what we decided was we're going to have a, uh, an event where we can raise money for uh, – it's called the Burpees for Building Bridges at the gym. So everybody signed up, donated money for how many burpees they did, that's what they did, or however they felt they wanted to donate for these kids. Uh, and basically, we did the 12.1, the seven minutes of burpees, Oof. something simple, something easy. The kids did it. They showed up. And we wound up raising almost $8,000 uh, for this uh, through this event. So I take that. I, I say that to tell you, two weeks ago, one of the kids, uh, Vazio, um, received a... Uh, a community service award with our gym based off what he's been doing. Awesome. He received an award, an award for how well he's been doing. So there was a big event. Uh, the, I think it was the Ohio elected officials of judges uh, was going on in Columbus at the Hilton. So what did uh, we do with the money? I took him, took him to men's warehouse, got him his first ever suit. Nice. He looks at himself like he never looked at himself before, ever before. He walks in there and he goes, this is amazing to me. I've never done anything like this before in my life. So he gets fitted, he gets you know tailored up, and he gets clean uh, to receive that award. And we were able to, able to use some of the funds uh, for that because he's been doing well. Uh, I just we just got them all uh, Metcon threes uh, recently, so they can have those whenever they come into the gym uh, to work out. Uh, you know, so we can do a lot of things uh, for them through this money. 
that was raised. And again, they have to, to receive it, they have to do what I've asked them and what I've ordered them to do as well. So um, it's just been a whirlwind of uh, ideas. And 2018, I think it's going to be even better. Wow. I mean, that's, that's me clapping. Yeah. I mean, because that's freaking awesome, dude. I'm a standing ovation. Row and Ira. Yeah, I'm standing there. You should have seen himself. The way he looked at himself in the mirror when he was suited up, it's a face. It's the face that I want every kid to have. It's the face there. Oh my yeah. gosh! I, I, he looked at himself just a different in a different way. Yeah, you know I mean, and that's that's pretty much what we want. Rory and I are very lucky to get to talk and communicate with a, with thousands of people, literally, and hear their stories. I'm here to tell you, man, you're you're at the top of the pyramid. Keep doing what you're doing. It's it's Amen. fantastic. Amen. So, well, thank you so much, and thank you, like Centerville CrossFit. Uh, it's the best gym in Dayton. We do. We, we have a lot more that we are going to be doing with these kids. Uh, uh, shout out to Mitch Lyons, uh, you know, Jen Osborne, both uh, regional athletes, if I must say. Uh, the coaches there, Spencer and Tina, and uh, my wife Jana, everybody uh, who's pro- helped provide for these kids, Kim, uh, Brittany Shea, everybody who's going. And right now we're entering the holidays. We're getting a lot of people at this gym. This gym is so caring, so loving. Uh, loves people, and I can't wait to see what 2018 has for Cineville CrossFit and these kids. It's a beautiful snapshot for me of what, what I always billboard, and I'm always, hey, the CrossFit community, the CrossFit community, the CrossFit community, and you said it fantastically that there everybody's got their own communities, and I'm sure a lot of people are very proud of theirs, but talking to you, like, it really reinvigorates me, and it and it I know it to be true, but this is just such a shining example of, of what's possible in this community, so thank you, man. This is, and your shout-out game, by far and away of head and shoulders above everyone else. <laughs> I, I wanted to be known, like I said, while I, I brought the idea and while I work with these kids, like I said, there's a lot of people, which is the point, sure. yep. who have jumped in and been involved. And whenever you guys get a chance, if you guys ever get to come out to the Midwest, you got to check out these kids and uh, and uh, you got to come see them and see this gym and what this well, gym is trying to do to save well, them. We'd save love them. to circle back. Yeah, either in person or, or definitely in the same uh, format. We would definitely be checking back in on you. And I know that your boy Derek Robinson just opened a gym recently. And now, like, how high have you set the bar that he was your team? Now that I know that he was your teammate, I'm going to find out what he's doing to change the world. And the pressure's on. It's funny you say that because he does do – I think he's got a toy for toss drive over there going on. Awesome. There. So he, we were both holding each other, both you know, Georgetown College guys. Fantastic. We're both holding each other accountable. So D-Rob, uh, shout out to you because he's doing great things at his new gym in Tennessee too. Oh, like like attracts like. So I'm not surprised that you guys came from uh, similar similar places and you're doing great things. So hey man, th- thank you. Uh, I got to call you magistrate again because it makes me uh, it makes me happy. Uh, magistrate, thank <laughs> you so <laughs> much, Gerald. Thank you so much for your time and just what you're doing. Hey, thank you so much, man. Especially those workouts that you've been putting on Sherwood too. I, I appreciate those as well. My pleasure. My way to get back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fellas. Have a good day. Okay, have a great day. Yeah, take it easy. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. Please leave us a rating and review and let us know how spectacular it was. If you don't like it, well, then just send a direct email to Rory. Our email for the show is show at CrossFit.com. P-A-T-A-N-D-R-O-S-H-O-W at CrossFit.com. You can leave ideas, um, what you do or don't like about the program, but specifically, we would love to hear from you if you in the community know of great guests that we need to have on the program. Send us an email, let me know what they have going on, give us their contact information, and we will make it happen. Thanks, everybody.